and boom goes the dynamite. It's Tuesday morning, and you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin, Ely, and I are back for another brand new episode of The Boom, brought to you exclusively by Fight Game Media. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. How's everybody's week been? And Kevin, how's your week been, buddy? My week's been good. I missed you last week. I missed you desperately. I listened (laughs) to my first ever episode of The Boom. That's right. You don't listen to the back to the shows, do you? I never do. I never do. But I listened to you and Jeff, and I remember thinking, these two would be so much better off without me. No. My God, this is such a good episode. It felt like a totally different episode than when I'm on the episode, and I was fascinated by it, by how different it was. Yeah. And I just really, really enjoyed enjoyed you and Jeff's discussion of 1970s music. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had to bring bring that in. Or 60s. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I did not know. I was not that aware of what you were talking about, but I enjoyed it while it was happening. And you did a great job of bringing it all back in. <laughs> but listen, I have had a very boring week of intense, excruciating pain. You have had an exciting week of dog collar matches. I did. Yes. I drove down to Dallas with my buddy, Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. Uh, Is Jimmy, the one that likes to watch you watch wrestling. No, that's my buddy oh. Steven, who doesn't okay. who doesn't watch it at all, and who I should have tried to get to go with me uh, because yeah, we had, yeah, because I had an extra seat that that uh, we ended up eating. But um, my friend Steven had COVID, so he couldn't go either. So it's just me and oh, Jimmy. That's... We had a great time. Drove down. The, you know, let me tell you, if you're driving three hours for a show and planning to come back and not spend the night down there, two o'clock start time is great. I bet. I bet that was it was perfect for me because, of course, I'm working shows Friday and Saturday nights. Yep. It was a great start time. I actually, because I didn't watch Rampage and Dynamite until today, mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was the YouTube show beforehand. So I missed that. But um, I ended up getting in, I think, the second match of the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And um, I was having to do a lot of prep work for my show later in the night. So I didn't watch super close, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed everything I saw. Um, how was it from a live perspective? Because you got to see a lot more matches yeah. than I did. It was really fun. We got we uh, got you there. Got a taste. We got a taste. We got a lot of tastes actually. They were the they were the uh, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker were all over that show. It was great. Were they? That's yeah. fantastic. So uh, yeah, we got there. Um, maybe. 20 minutes before pre-show started. So we caught the whole thing. Nice. It was really easy to get into uh, the university of Texas, Arlington is to college campus mm-hmm. felt kind of weird. Cause usually like when you go into a wrestling show, like the only people that are around the arena are the wrestling fans. So you don't yeah. feel that weird. Like walking in with your buddy, Jimmy and your magic Blackpool <laughs> combat club sweatshirts. <laughs> but this was like Steph, a legit college of- campus with like legit young college women walking around all around us and here's you know grizzled uh gray-haired bearded me with my blackpool combat club shirt just walking among them as if uh nothing was wrong i love you got what 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 any adult male would read is the most judgmental possible audience yeah. which is like young hot co-eds <laughs> on like a top 10 it was very games. triggering took me very back That's- to my college years that's so funny. I know exactly what you think. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, the show, the pre-show was great. I would I would say um, uh, anybody who hasn't watched the pre-show, um, 
you know, Willow Nightingale had a match, probably not much different than uh, any other match you'd see her in, but she's just a dang rig of sunshine, man. She just lights bet, up the room. I was going to say, I bet her entire vibe that she brings, which is so unique. Yeah. I bet it is more affecting pers- in person than even on TV. Absolutely is. She was so fun. Everyone just loved her, chanted for her, um, you know, pretty standard match, but uh, she came off great. She felt like a big Who'd star. Who did wrestle? Trish Adora. Are you familiar with her? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they've wrestled I've a lot. I've seen her a few times. Yeah. They did a lot of women and honor stuff. So they knew what they were doing. They were, they were, uh, they were pretty well in sync. It was a good match. Uh, you know, when I, yeah, go ahead. Before we move on, when I think about, when I think about ring of honor, and there's something we're going to talk about later in the show. I'm kind of glad we're getting the belts off the Jerichos. Yeah. And the people that I want to shine in Ring of Honor are the Willow Nightingales. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the pe- it, it's kind of like the people who would have shown in Ring of Honor if it was still original Ring of Honor. The young talents who are coming up. Yeah. Um, kind of trying to find their place. It needs to be the Willow Nightingales, not the Chris Jerichos. Yeah, that that's what the whole show felt like to me. Even though you know Claudio is a big name and all that, he's a yeah huge WWE guy. But it really felt like Ring of Honor was becoming Ring of Honor again uh, to I me. One, so I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, I felt like they put the title on Chris Jericho either because they had a TV show or they were shopping a TV show, mm-hmm. and now we assume they didn't get any TV deal. That's what I'm assuming because yeah. they're they're now doing the Honor Club. Yep, for ten dollars a month. And all of a sudden, the belts are off all the AEW people that I assume they were on to get the TV deal. Yeah. Now they don't need to. So now all those belts are off and they're going to the people who they probably should be on in the first place. Yeah. That's what this feels like to me. Because their last pay-per-view, Death, was it Death Before Dishonor? Back Mm -hmm. in, what, July? Uh, Ended with Claudio and Yuta holding their singles titles. And this show right. ended with Claudio and Yuta holding their singles title that they went Brought that it night. right back. Yeah, just took it right yep. back. It's almost like it all and, realigned. And the Briscoes, who can't wrestle in AEW, they can right. only wrestle in ROH, so they should have these belts. Yep. 13 times, my friend. That's right. 13 times. One more than 12. That's, that's exactly that's right. right. Uh, so, yeah, but yeah, there top was a, flight. Yeah, top flight was awesome. Uh, there were there were something to see live. Um, it was a, a fun moment when uh, Dante Martin, uh, you know, he, he usually does that huge leap off the top rope outside. Yeah. And he kind of slipped and just sort of jumped to the floor because he didn't have the right footing. Uh-huh. And uh, it was I was very proud because uh, like a couple people, a couple of rows back started chanting, uh, you effed up. Mm-hmm. And someone behind me immediately turned around and lectured them, put them <laughs> in their place, just said, that's awesome. Can you do that? Yeah. You paid money to see this show. Enjoy it and turn around. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Their college, their, their high school principal was right That's there. Right. Mr. That's right. Feeney set them straight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now, from the picture you sent me, it looked like for the undercard, you were like third row. We were, uh, we were the first back. row. We were first row off the floor. That's the perfect place. Yeah. If you're not perfect. front row. If I'm not front row, yeah. I don't want to be third row. Yeah. Let me first row off the floor. Right. That's the sweet spot. It, it was. And we were right by the stage uh, on the side where kind of the crew comes in and out and stuff. So it was kind of fun because during the main show, 
they moved some seats out and uh, Trent Seven and the Workhorseman came out and sat and watched all the way through uh, the Briscoe FTR match. They watched most of the show sitting there and it was really fun to watch wrestlers watch a wrestling show. I love that you love that because that's I've always since I was a kid, my dad would get on me. I remember we were also first row off the floor at an old WCW show. Yeah. And my dad was riding me because he paid good money for these tickets. And all I was watching was the wrestlers who yeah. walked out through the curtain sitting in chairs. It was Arn Anderson uh-huh. watching the wrestling. I was yeah. looking at the guys watching the show. Yeah. Um, I love that you love that, too. And then there was, a, um, so you didn't get to see the Roosh match, right? Because that was one of the no, first. No, okay. but I have read about it. Yeah. I have read. That things. was something to see. Uh, and that was and something. Now suspended Roosh. Yes. Right. And uh, Drillistico, who apparently did not like being pinned. Who is apparently Roosh's real life brother. I didn't know that. I was trying to explain. Uh, so he was like, now who's Drillistico? I'm not really familiar with him. And I said, well, if I remember right, Drillistico was Dragon Lee, but not the Dragon Lee that's out there now. That's his other brother. <laughs> and then he was Mystico when the original Mystico stopped being Mystico to become Sinkara, the first Sinkara. But then when he stopped so being Sinkara. he wasn't Sinkara, fake Sinkara. He was, he was fake, fake Mystico, Mystico in Okay. But then he was very successful at that. And so then this- when... Sinkara came back to be Mystico. He was Caristico, but now he's Mystico again. Did did you say Caristico? Caristico. Like Sin Caristico? It's just Caristico, I think. Yeah. I just was like, well, it kind of sounded like either way. <laughs> this feels like the modern day who's on first. Right. <laughs> My God. Yeah. That's I, I know what you're the- talking about. Yeah. I know most of the things you're saying, and even I'm confused. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, apparently these two guys have a long-standing reputation for when they do not agree with the booking, they kick out right before three yeah. to make it look like they were cheated. Mm-hmm. And apparently that happened yeah. on this card, and Roosh has been suspended yep. as if they know that's his thing and he did his thing. Right. Which is, it. Wow. I'll tell you, and it worked on us because in the crowd- Everybody thought the ref just screwed up. Yeah. And and doesn't that suck to know that yes. they they basically threw the lowest guy on the totem pole yeah. in that ring under right. the bus. That ref got booed the next time he came out for a match. Oh, it was, it man. It was a bummer. Yeah. That's a real bummer. And then when they took those chairs, they, they like went after uh, Air Fox and Blake Christian. And it wasn't on air, but uh, they hit Blake Christian with a chair shot that was scary sounding. And... Uh, was it unprotected to the head? I think it was. It was across the ring. Steve Geimer was closer than I was because he was on the other we side. Basically lost AR Fox. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and all I saw was Trent Seven's reaction. And he put his hands, both hands over his mouth and nose in shock and just sat there like covering his face, disgusted that, by. That kind of tells you all you need to know about that yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So that was that was an interesting perspective. I love this behind the scenes tour. This that's show. about all I got on that. But uh, yeah, so uh, 2.0 had a match. They were great. It was cool to see them just wrestle a tag team match because you, you you know there's so much they just do shenanigans and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but they're just a solid team. And then um, Top Flight had a match with uh, the Kingdom, Taven and Bennett, and that was mm-hmm. really good. And afterwards, we were talking and saying, you know what I want to see now is Top Flight against 2.0. And sure enough, later on in the oh. show, they paired them off in a brawl. Uh, and so I think like that might be something we might see That's as soon coming. as Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Um, um, what else? You've gotten the notes here. Lee and Swerve versus Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good, I saw that one. That was a good one. Yeah. And um, now Keith Lee has ignored a lot. He's ignored so much. Yes. Um, I don't know if he can ignore um, Swerve just walking out on him. <sighs> if they have another tag team match... Yeah, I will never watch this goddamn company ever again. <laughs> I'm hoping Swerve there is be a very match forgiving so man. Can, so I, I mean, not Swerve. Yeah, well, yeah, Keith Lee, the most forgiving man in AEW history. Big man, big heart. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Same with me. I've got that in writing from my cardiologist. <laughs> very, very large heart. Yeah, um, as if I've been on gimmicks for a lot of years. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that was a good. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Shane Taylor. Um, I wanted to like JD Griffey, but I didn't love JD Griffey. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they told a good really, story. A good in match. The, I really like. The, uh, they told a good story in the commentary. Like, wait, I didn't pick up a lot of yeah. room, but then when I watched, I kind of speed scanned through it back later to hear mm-hmm. the commentary. Like they, they did a really good job. Like I didn't really know Shane Taylor very well. Yeah, I've never heard of JD Griffey, and they by the end I was like, oh my gosh, these are his former friends, and you know, like it yeah. I knew the whole story. So they did a good job. I on felt, that. I felt really justified in not knowing JD Griffey. Yeah. Brian Alvarez said he'd never heard of JD Griffey. <laughs> right, I'm like okay, I feel fine about this now. Yeah. Um. Okay, so what did you think of the giant swing? Everybody's upset about it. I I didn't. I'm I not loved upset it. about it at all. It's fantastic. I loved it. it kept going. Until literally, you could tell his legs were about to go out. Yeah. And Chris realized, I'm getting real close to this mat. Yeah. And I think that was what they planned. I'm going to go as long as I can. When I start, yeah. And when you start getting lower, tap out. Yeah. And that's what he, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I love Chris's devotion to this tap out yes. on social media. Yes. It's great. I, I loved this. He's calling for it to be banned now because it's such That's a right. barbaric move. It's barbaric. Yeah. I love, I love that match was really, really fun. And uh, because it, I, I am glad that Jericho lost because the Ocho thing that was about to jump the shark. <laughs> yes. Because in very, that very match, close. everyone, everyone seemed to discover at the same moment that when a referee is counting someone out of the ring, they will say eight. And anytime they count to eight, everyone yells Ocho. And then once that first happened, everyone's like, oh, well, we're doing this the rest of the match. And so then you could tell that Jericho and Claudio picked up on it and they just started doing spots. So they do the 10 punches in the corner. <laughs> they do a fake count out. They do the double knockdown. Like they did every possible way that. to make great. the crowd chant uh, count to eight so that they'd scream Ocho. And then when he did the giant swing, when they hit eight swings, they said Ocho. That's when I heard it. That's then when, when they did sure heard it then, and I don't know Spanish past 10, but yeah. when they did 18, about half the people 
said 18 in Spanish. Uh huh. And then 28. They got to 28. <laughs> and they did. 28. I wonder if they were initially supposed to go that long, but they're like, we're getting in. Yeah, we're going. We're getting in as many eights as we yeah. can. We've got to. So it was just joyful at the very end, which was awesome after, you know, the vicious dog collar match and everything else we had Man. seen. The JAS, they lost everything. Yeah. Lost it all. Yep. All their belts. Yeah. Gone. Um, and I think that's for the best. I feel like we we should get a, a kind yeah. of a clean reboot here. They didn't get Claudio. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Even though trick. on Dynamite this week, I really enjoyed that when um Claudio was was facing off with Jake Hager, we got We the People chance. Yes. Um enjoyed that. So now ROA so you're wanting to skip out on the talk of the dog collar match to a later date? Just until later in the show. I think it'll come up later. Oh, later in the show. Okay. That's thank God. Yeah. Thank the Lord. <laughs> um, all right. So ROH announcements, final battle. We got Tony Khan announcing the relaunch of Honor Club at watchroh.com, which apparently on their Instagram for the weekend was watcheoh.com. Oh, great. As a social media manager, I was disgusted. Yes. That's literally exactly the type of thing I would do. It's the exact type of thing I would accidentally do with these fat, with these (laughs) Jimmy Dean fingers here I've got. But uh, frankly, when I first heard the announcement, Mm -hmm. I wasn't excited, but now I am. Oh, right. I am because $10 a month isn't bad. And now I know you get the entire ROH library and New Japan will be a part of this. If major New Japan pay-per-views are a part of this, I am all in. I'm all in, even though I already have the network for whatever reason. Right. Because I know they'll just be straight English, and I'm not going to have to wait or be confused or whatever, hit the wrong all-match link. Right. Um, Which I really want to make myself a shirt that says all-match. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 can, I can get down with this if they've got a regular weekly show. And uh, the pay per views are included. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I think they. W- I don't remember. The, the ROH pay per views will not be included. They'll will be, not be. Yeah, ninety days delay. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm good with that. But also, I just want to watch. I've got four ROH DVDs from back in the day. That's yeah. it. That's all. And I would like to see all the ROH from back. I've got a bunch of CDRs in a folder with uh, about the first two, three years of ROH. You pirate. (laughs) You damned pirate. How dare you, sir? Yeah. I'm for sure going to subscribe for the first month. We'll see how it works. We'll see where it goes. I might try it for a month just to try it and and support. But I I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if I'll stick with it. I kind of feel like I want to I want to sit out on it until I feel like I'm missing something. That's fair. That's if they, fair. if they were to somehow work some miracle deal where they became like the, um, U S or North American provider for new Japan world content. And they sort of yes. start sharing a service, mm-hmm. you know, where ROH and AEW goes on new Japan world and Asia and all the new Japan world come on. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I'd pay more than 10. Up. So I've told I've talked to you about this off air, and I'm not going to give the name of the promotion. Mm-hmm. But there is a promotion, currently speaking, mm-hmm. to a company that I work for. Mm-hmm. Just going to say that. I wonder. I really kind of hate that I don't think ROH ever made an approach 
Yeah. Because all of a sudden, this company is a top 15 network. Yeah. Really big ratings. That would have been really cool. Would have been either cool. way. Would have been cool. Um, Something else that would have been cool is if you people would be subscribing to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media for all the bonus content you can handle. You have no idea how many shows are on here for just $5 a month. The Wrap, Pound for Pound, Fight Game Podcast, The Dynamite Show, The Boom, Write That Down, Speak in the Strong Style, Brace for Impact, Take It Home, In the Clinch, Five Star, Tokyo Yoshi Show, Power Bombshells, and many more. $5, people. Hmm. Half the cost of Honor Club. That's right. And you want to know on Honor Club? Not a goddamn thing at this very moment. Not a damn thing. <laughs> we got shows, though. Oh, we got shows. And yeah. there's going to be bonus shows like the Hall of Boom, which you can pick up for your 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 Christmas break coming up. We've got two one-and-a-half-hour episodes that I think you'll really, really enjoy on your road trip home to see your parents, see your wife or girlfriend's parents. So give us a shot. $5 is all it takes. And, of course, as always, check out FightGameMedia.com and the Fight Game Media YouTube channel, as Kevin Ely reminded me on the last episode of The Boom. You know that... Uh Hall of Boom episode is actually a great way to uh, get to know the hosts of Fight Game Media because we we so brought too. in so many guest uh, guests. It gives you a sampling of everybody out there, and I think we got the two best voices in Fight Game Media on the show. Not me and Kevin, absolutely yeah. neither of us. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, I think is the second best male voice oh, on the Fight nice. Game Media Network, right after David Lovell, who actually I don't even think has a show a, on the Fight Game Media he's, Network. He's but rogue. He is, he is affiliated strongly. Yes. Yeah, he's rogue. Um, but man, Keila Cash is a great voice, y'all. So uh, yeah, absolutely check it out and uh, let us know what you think. We didn't. We got a couple of people burying us, me in particular. I'd like to assume for uh, some of the the managers we admitted, such as Jake the Snake Roberts. Yep. But I can I can defend that if I have to. But so far I haven't had to. But. Mostly, it was really positive feedback, and I was really happy that everybody really seemed to enjoy the show. And I wonder how many people made it through all three hours and ten minutes. Um, so, mm. if you made it through all three hours and ten minutes of the Hall of Boom, um, beyond Paul Fontaine, who I know did, yeah, hit me up at Peppermint Fatty on on uh, on Twitter or James B McDaniel on Facebook, and and let me know. If you made it all the way through, we should have done like a secret code or something like a secret. That's exactly uh, right. A code word or something at the end. That yeah. If you if, and if you know the code word, you get 25% off your next brand new episode of the boom. Yeah. Which is already free. That's all right. right. So <laughs> we got a lot of news this week in AEW. Sasha Banks is going to be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom, but unfortunately not in a, Possibly not in a wrestling capacity. Yeah. So it's not officially announced, but it's been confirmed by multiple outlets. People we trust. People yeah. we trust. Um, that she has come to some sort of terms on a per date basis and will be appearing at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, not wrestling, but expected to be setting up some matches. She'll do a few shows for New Japan, which... Mm -hmm makes us believe that she will be involved with Kyrie um, for their new IWGP women's title. So now, maybe a short feud or something like that. 
I have a question, which yeah. I should have asked you off air. Oh, I should have asked a dozen people off air to to so so as not to humiliate myself. <laughs> but I'm going to humiliate myself right now. This woman yeah. in New Japan uh-huh. with the belt, with the yeah. gold around her waist, Kyrie. Yes. This isn't Kyrie saying, is it? It is. Okay. Thank yes. Christ. Yes. Thank Christ. All right. <laughs> yes. My God, that's going to be a great match when it happens. Yeah. And they've already worked together, so I bet it'll be great. Um, but yeah, apparently Sasha, she's she's hold she's uh she's about to get get the bag, as they say. Yeah, and I think she's gonna get it from AEW because AEW is the only company that can afford her. Mm-hmm. And of course, she would have a working relationship then with New Japan, could probably do whatever she wanted in yep. New Japan. Because I think AEW will give her whatever she wants. Because I saw a lot of articles this week about how she is one of the few, maybe the only free agent out there who can legit add numbers. Like, yeah. not 50,000, like 100,000. Right. A couple, maybe a couple hundred thousand people to AEW every Wednesday night with her on the show. Right. And so I was like, okay, AEW gets a lot of criticism for their women. Mm-hmm. For their women's division mm-hmm. being a weak division. So I decided to sit down during Dynamite, okay. during the commercials, and put all the women in order of where they are with Jamie Hayter's the champion, Jade is the TBS champion, so, the, so that makes her, in my mind, the number one contender, which is where the old U.S. champion always was. So I went down the list, and I used every woman in AW with – Six or seven exceptions, because I got down to 21. Okay. I got everybody who's important, but I added Sasha Banks as if she got added this Wednesday. Okay. And Kevin, this is a blockbuster division, which tells you what how poorly it's been booked. <laughs> Do you want me to run down this top yeah, 20 for you? Yeah, run down. Sure. And if you've got an exception to the placement, let me know. So this I is a ranked top list. 10 or... This is a ranked list. Like your your power and the power rankings, rankings. Yeah, and the rankings aren't that important. There's yeah. clearly going to be a lot of mistakes. Okay. But, but you're you're, cha- you're you're top tiers. Yes. Of, yeah. Champion. Okay. Jamie Hader. Yep. Number 1, Jade Cargill. Number 2, I've got Sasha Banks. Okay. I think if she was here right now, yeah. she'd be your number 1 person without a belt. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Then she just beat Britt Baker, number three, Soraya. Uh-huh. I've got Britt Baker at number four. Probably should be a little lower. I don't give a shit. Number five, the former champion, Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. I think she's got to be in this spot. Number six, Thunder Rosa, if she's even with AEW anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think she's injured, but she's not here. But she never lost that title, so she's number six. Think about that, Kevin. Right. If Sasha is in here, the former champion, as high as I can get her, is number six. Yeah. Then we've got number seven. I've got Hikaru Shida. Number eight, just lost to, Ni- just lost to Jade Cargill, Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. Then all the way at number nine, Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Number 10, if she's healthy, Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. They were pushing her towards the title yep. shot when she got hurt. Yep. I think she'll be back soon. So then... Ruby Soho can't even make the top 10. Right. Ruby Soho's at number 11. Yep. I've got Riho at number 12. Okay. The new ROH champion, Athena, at 13. Okay. 
I can accept arguments that that's low. Number I think 14, after this Mer- weekend, that's low. But but, that, but I, yeah, I wouldn't fall fair. for that before the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Number 14, I've got Mercedes Martinez. Number 15. And after that, I just threw in other right. names. Like Ty Mello, Penelope Ford, Madison yep. Rain, Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, Anna J, Red Velvet. And that's leaving out AQA, Leva Bates, Bunny, Layla Hirsch, Abaddon, Emi Sakura, Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah. That's a guy, that's a damn stacked division, people. Right. Abaddon. Ish. <laughs> and Abaddon, who, by the way, is 15 and 0 this year. Oh, my gosh. She's not lost in 2022. Yeah. And that doesn't count um, anyone that they might bring in with an agreement yeah. with stardom or, uh, or more likely the uh, Tokyo uh, Joshi Pro. Tokyo, like the other, yeah. 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 That is. And I think the biggest mistake here was creating a belt for Jade. I think. Oh, interesting. Why do you say got, that? Because you don't. The women in the TBS title division mm-hmm. almost feel totally separate from the women in the world yes. title division. Yes. And so it's. And then you've got your ROH title. So you have those 20 women split between three completely different divisions. Right. So Athena isn't like after this, Athena is not wrestling anybody in right. either of those two AW divisions, most likely for a while. Yeah. And you've watered down that talent that you do have, or you could have even two really strong divisions with 10 people each and still have extra women. Yeah. But instead we've got three very watered down divisions. Yes. And I, I think Tony sees that as, a way for, you know, former champions to not be in the title picture. And it makes sense. And it makes sense. But you can do that storyline wise. I don't know. It's just yeah. it, we should have way more than two really strong women's storylines at once. Yes. By the way, speaking of which, Jamie Hayter on Dynamite this week, sitting down with Tony Schiavone, looked and sounded like a superstar. To me. Yes, she did. And she and a world I want, champion. I want more of that. Mm-hmm. I need less of her association with Brit. I hate mm-hmm. to say it. Mm-hmm. And I also loved, loved the segment between Soraya, not between Soraya and Brit with Brit saying, I've got the world champion with me at all times. Yep. Yep. Except for right now. Except for this exact moment. Except for this exact <laughs> moment. I, I loved did. that. So yeah. like there's there's good things going with the women's divisions. Yeah. But it could it should be so much stronger. So much stronger. Yeah. I don't think you get a subpar wrestler on this list until you get down to like I think 15. I think Todd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is your first medium yeah. level wrestler. Some people might argue that maybe Ruby just- Soho but even but that like, is like in the ring, though, because Tay has so much upside on yes. other things. Like she has so much more personality than a yeah. lot of those people and, and can really get heat. So and both Penelope and Bunny have been way better as of late. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, they've. I really like Bunny's match this week. I really did. I did, too. Yeah. And especially uh, we didn't really get into Athena when we talked about the Ring of Honor show. But that was like a coming out party for her as like a next yes. level, you know, breaking through. And now it's like I don't. They've said they're going to downplay Ring of Honor uh, on AEW TV, which we've all been saying great. But now yeah. they have something interesting going, and she's going to be now, paired yeah. off with Willow Nightingale, who's the other person who needs to be 
climbing up to the Needs top to featured and and has potential to be well, you know a top five star or you know maybe you know or at least top six or seven and they're just gonna be what, paired Evan? off on the ten dollar a month show yeah maybe you need to put put down that ten dollars a month <laughs> also because already willow. you're missing something if they that push you willow say. i'll support that absolutely i really the i i think a lot of people thought i didn't like willow what it was, I didn't like Willow being put in world title positions mm-hmm. a long time ago in ROH. I re- the second I started really liking Willow Nightingale was probably before I moved to Albuquerque, so maybe or maybe right after, like six months ago, mm-hmm. when she wrestled Abaddon on Dark. And I really, really loved the way she reacted to Abaddon. Mm-hmm. And like the fans were reacting to her and they didn't know who she was. Yeah. They had no clue who she was. And she was getting a natural, a natural, powerful face reaction. Like I've liked her for a while. I just thought you can't, doesn't matter how good she is. If, if she's only been on dark, you don't put her against a, a world right. champion on ROH pay-per-view. Yeah. And you don't, yeah, you don't blow someone with that much potential. Just no. Jobbing them out. Now, they do have a good story with her of being like, I've been at this level for a while and I'm ready to get better. They could yeah. heat her up pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but like you said, if especially if Sasha or Mercedes or whatever her name is that she if she does come in, if that happens like that just moves everybody. I mean, there's no. She's the, the top. thing is the thing is poor Soraya, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, hey, that's a big deal if she's Soraya's mystery partner. Yeah, which um, would make a lot January. of sense. Would make a lot of, a lot sense. of sense. LA show last year, they had all the, um, and she's the like an actual superstar. She's been yeah. on Star Wars. She's Snoop Dogg's cousin. Like she's right. a big deal. Yeah, and also when she wants to, she is one of the best female wrestlers, women's wrestlers in the world. Yes, and she will make everybody look better against yep. her. Yep. I don't think she's going to be out there sandbagging people. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think she would make everybody look better against her. Can you yeah. imagine? Well, they can't pair her up with Jade. That's for sure. Although that would be a huge <laughs> match if that if that that, would, that, that could be really huge. Yeah, that would be big. That would she's be so a tiny against Jade. Yeah, yeah, but she could make Jade look great. I think. Right. I think they would probably. I don't know. I just have a feeling those two would get along well. I don't know. I bet they would. And what so, about Naomi? Naomi's out there, and she recently went to a, uh, I think it was a basketball game with Jade, where they were they were posting that they were together. So they they should they they need both. I mean, if they can get both of them, they should get both of them. Mm-hmm. And I think the the roster's too is too deep right now. But those two people, you take and you figure it out later. Speci- yeah. and specifically, <laughs> which is Tony Sasha. That's Tony's whole style. He's. <laughs> <laughs> but then he never lets anybody go right. other than right. when you're just an asshole like Telly <laughs> just Blanchard. Just pick him up and figure it out later. Figure it out later, man. Just buy, keep buying companies to pack them. Yep. Pack them into. And then use eight, literally seven people for those pay-per-views right. somehow for the new company. All right. AEW hires a new vice president of TV production. I don't know much about this guy, but everybody that does know a lot about this guy is saying this may be AEW's biggest signing most important signing in a long time. Yeah. I don't know much about him. His name's Mike Mansuri or Mansuri. Uh, He was, let's see, he was former WWE vice president of global TV production was essentially the number two guy under Kevin Dunn and all their TV production. And, uh, and 
there was a quote Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful on Twitter uh, tweeted out that he said, when I would ask WWE sources if they thought Kevin Dunn would be on his way out, which a lot of people thought he would be when Triple H took over WWE, he was told that his likely replacement had already left the company, but he was never given a name. And he revealed today that that was the, that that he confirmed today that that was the name. So this was the guy that was being groomed to take over WWE and take them into the future. And, and AEW got him. Is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. That's great. And, uh, he was being groomed to be the man to end the 18 camera cuts per move that WWE currently averages. Right. Which is so jarring, it's unwatchable for me. Which, at the very really least, is. AEW just doesn't have that many cameras. <laughs> exactly. But let's hope. Let's hope he doesn't. They don't yeah, have cameras. I am very curious if he comes over and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be out from under the Kevin Dumb thumb," or if yeah. he's like, "This is how we did it in the big time," and yeah. and starts changing up the uh, when it, the production. When it comes to the TV production. Unless they're going to crazy camera cuts, mm-hmm. I'm happy with them mimicking WWE in a lot of ways. Yeah. WWE looks like a bigger production and AEW looks like the number two company production wise. Mm-hmm. They just do. Yeah. There's certain things they do every now and then that look really good, but generally they look smaller. Yeah. And I would love to see these wrestlers, the Chris Statlanders of the world. Look like monsters, look like yes. superstars. Yeah. And if he can make them look like that, and if he can can and if he can ensure that their 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 steel plates that have been printed <laughs> on cardboard are double sided. Yeah. I'm happy. He's given me everything I need in the world. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious as to when he's gonna start. I believe he starts gonna Wednesday. Be, oh wow. Wow, I wonder been backstage if it's be the a... last couple of weeks, but Wednesday is his first day on the job. Okay, so that's great. So he's been backstage figuring out what needs to be changed, how to change it, so we could potentially get real big visual differences yeah. this Wednesday. That's maybe, that's really or exciting. maybe at least I would think maybe at the least uh, that big LA show at the Forum in January. I bet they'll try to work out some. Oh yeah, you know, uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. What do we have next? William um, Regal. William Regal is going to be a, a a vice president. A vice president. In WWE. He's an January. EVP. I kind of had a feeling when he left, like mm-hmm. Tony would for sure. I'm assuming he had the one-year contract with the two-year extension. I'm going to make the assumption that Tony said, I will not pick up that two-year extension, but you cannot be on TV for two years. I think that's a very fair move to allow him to go back to the big rival, a, a really important guy, mm-hmm. train his son, work with his son, mm-hmm. but, ha- you know, 100% keep him off TV for two years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But. Yeah, but but I, at the same time, if WWE decides to put him on, they're just going to put him on. Like. I think you're right. Yeah. They'll. they'll um, I really like. That AEW is ran by a guy who would say yes to mm-hmm. losing a guy as important as Regal mm-hmm. to the comp- to the company you just you just got him from. But I, I like that. I really do like that. But 
Machiavelli would have fucking hated that. I have. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't mean it's like, wise. This man, it's not wise. It's such a bad idea because he's going back with all the info. Yeah. Like, you think there's anything Tony Khan wouldn't have told that man? He's going back with all the info. Right. Yeah. Jeff and I talked about that last week of, you know, he, the way he put it was you just sent a general back to the other side. Like he you yeah, brought him in. I really like the way Jeff put that. Yeah. Let, let, let him in, showed him all your plans. Now he's going back with, well, here's the people that are, you know, kind of. Here's pissy. the people you need to sign. Here's the people. Here's that, the guys. Yeah, here's the people to call. Here's how long their contracts are for. I mean, he may not know that, but I'm sure he asked around, you know. Yeah. And he probably has a pretty. Although good apparently, idea. a lot of guys don't even know when their own contract ends. But, but I'm sure. I mean, I'm not saying he was a spy or anything. But no, you know, I'm sure he, he's an honorable he, he guy. Played, but he's still he's still a businessman, and his loyalty is to the people who took care of him in the darkest times of his life. They brought him in, and they asked the talent to take classes from him. Yeah, most of that talent probably showed up at least once. Yeah, so he has all the info on. Who has potential? Yep. Who listens? Who is good but doesn't have work ethic? Who mm-hmm. listens and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. He knows exactly who NXT should try and steal away from AEW. Exactly. Yep. Not not spying at all. Yeah. Um, I just got a horribly loud notice in my ears here. My oh. computer is dying. We did not hear let's it. See if I let me see if I can get this plugged in. So if you're hearing wild scrambling and Diet Coke cans falling, <laughs> that is what's happening. And then literally Diet Coke cans falling everywhere. There we Oh, my God. No, you don't need to. Okay. I had a wild camera angle going on here where Kevin could see my hair, which no one needs to see at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I like that Tony Khan's a nice guy, but yeah. nice guys finish last. Yeah, unfortunately. And, uh. Yeah. Well, apparently, though, um, I don't know if this is for real or if I just if it was I I didn't have time to vet it. But um, I think Regal in an interview said told someone or made a comment somewhere that um, Vince had actually let him out of his non-compete early to appear at a W. So it was a little bit of like it went both ways. Grain of salt. On that, yeah. I read that like right before we started recording. Considering, so. considering, like everyone was dumbfounded that WWE released him. Well, yeah, it was it was the deal where he was let go, but you know they have yeah. the ninety days. Yeah, and it was a deal. Where I got it was you. like, let hey, I wanted. Yeah, so he let him out of the ninety days so he could work with Brian Danielson because he still has good relationship with. I him. could believe that. I could absolutely believe that. I think because of this, like I. I remember the worst of Vince McMahon because he's done so many horrific things. Yes. Nightmarish things. But Brock Lesnar loves him. Brian Danielson loves him. Yes. Everyone talks about him like a father figure. Jericho loves him. As in he is a crazy cult leader. Right. Who makes who makes everyone feel like he's their father. Yeah. So I really believe that a guy like Regal, who he's known for 30 years... He would do something like that for something that goes against his 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 most core nature. I think there aren't many people he'd do that for, but I think Regal's one of those guys. After he fires him. <laughs> After he fires him, of course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's um, so Vince McMahon. I'm gonna fire you, and then everyone's gonna talk about how nice I am. 
for letting you out of your non-compete a little early. Oh, my God. Yes. Good Lord. All right. Let's see. What do we have next? All right. It's time for the heat index. It's time for the highlight of the night, everybody. All right. And Kevin. Yeah. The hell of a key, hell of a heat index this week. Oh, it was. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Didn't have any honorable mentions or uh, dishonorables, really. Um, so let's see. Number five. Um, I just put the whole Blackpool Combat Club. They're on the upswing. It, despite um, Regal leaving, you know, despite Regal having like more goodbyes than the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm so glad you've been making that comparison because ever since I stood up 18 times at the end of that movie, <laughs> I've talked about that nonstop yeah. for like, oh. I don't know what this is, 20 years now. Yeah. It was the worst movie ending I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll never it forget it. it lasted 45 minutes. Yeah. You that remember ending. when those DVDs came out, they had like the extended versions where they're like four hours long, right? So when the third movie came out, Holly, my wife, and I uh, – spent the day it was a sunday and we spent the entire day we watched the extended version of return of the king we watched mm -hmm. the extended version of the two towers so eight mm -hmm. eight nine hours here and then we drove <laughs> to the movie theater to see the return of the king to finish the story and let me tell you by the time we got to that third goodbye <laughs> we were just <laughs> praying for death <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I was into those movies when they came out. Yeah. I watched them. I watched them on DVD. Um, I had a sociopath try and burn me out of a vehicle with the heater while forcing me to watch the movies in wow. the backseat of his Hummer. What an odd scene. And that eliminated all interest. And then they came out with The Hobbit, which yeah. is a short book. And they decided to make into three movies. Yeah. I've I still said, never no, seen any of them. I'm done with this bullshit. Yeah, me too. I did not see any of the Hobbit movies, which was I liked way better than the Lord of the Rings books, the Hobbit. Mm -hmm. And then I have not watched them, not going to watch the new Amazon show. I haven't Because I had enough. Yep. I, like those goodbyes were more than <laughs> that enough. That was it. That was goodbye. That was my goodbye to the yeah. series. Like I finished right. the three. That was it. Yep. Done. I'm all I'm all in for Game of Thrones. Right. Any other fantasy, whatever. I've watched some of the new Willow series, which is subpar, and I'll keep watching. But I'm afraid I'm never going back to any Lord of the Rings <laughs> ever. I don't care yeah. what they come out with. The Silmarillion, none yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, how did how did we I get did, from that? I didn't expect the Silmarillion Combat Club. Yeah. No. I, I decided so Regal's I goodbye was that slightly that better right. than that. So I saw a lot of negativity about Regal's video with Tony. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got two things to say about that. Okay. Number one, I liked it. I liked what he had to say about the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, that does not excuse the absolute bullshit of him recording a promo with Tony <laughs> Schiavone in, in case, case of his death, yes. in case he passes away, which I assume he just does every week because he's I, so well, old. He probably started doing that in the early 2000s. But, <laughs> exactly. But, there's, there's an 18 DVD set coming out. 
<laughs> just now. goodbye messages from William right. Regal. That'd be amazing. Right. He just would send videos to Tony Schiavone. They, they've always been with Tony. This like Tony, Tony every day is Tony like, goes out to the mail. He gets a new burn DVD yeah, in the mail. And he Tony just goes is into behind the, the counter. A pile. Tony is behind the counter at an Alpharetta, Georgia Starbucks, <laughs> and he's just got picture in picture of Regal's yeah. latest goodbye. That was hot garbage. Yeah. But the actual delivery was really good for yeah, the, the bullshit. End. So yeah. who was it? I think it might have been it might have been Jimmy on the way down to ROH. We were talking about this. And uh if, if it wasn't, it was someone listening, I apologize for misquoting, but they said that they thought that the week before with him getting laid out by MGF was writing off the character. Everybody. And this week and this week was writing off the guy. Like the real guy. That's a pretty strong that's a pretty good statement from Jimmy. We we should yeah. probably have him on the podcast. We should point. have him on sometime. That's very that's a very smart comment. Yeah. And he's probably right. The he's thing, probably right. The thing that's frustrating to me about that was if they wanted to, they could have done this well. Like they could have here they could have <laughs> if they wanted to, it could have been good. Yeah. So they decided that they could have had a video. Okay. They have like, we're going to hear, we sent a crew out to the hospital, wherever it is, Jacksonville or whatever mm-hmm. to, uh, send a crew to, uh, hear from William Regal with Brian Danielson by his side in the hospital. So he's there. He's, you know, being kept for observation because he's got a brain bleed or, you know, whatever. And they're just monitoring him. And uh, Regal sitting there weak, makes a statement. Broken. Broken man. Broken man. And he says, you know, when I came back to AEW and reunited with Brian Danielson and John Moxley, I felt like I was 20 years younger. I felt alive again in a way I haven't in decades. But as I've got deeper and deeper into this, I started to act like I was 20 years younger. And I learned very quickly that I'm not. I'm old. And my time has come. It's time for me to go. And I realized, though, that I had to leave a legacy. And the two people that I believe most in this world are that are the future of this business is MJF and who I believe is the greatest wrestler in the world still to this day, Brian Danielson. But, and I knew that MJF needed something to get him to the next level. So I decided to show him what a real villain is. Now, Brian Danielson, on the other hand, has been complacent. He's been not trying as hard and he hasn't been able to be the Brian that I knew him to be. But I knew that I had to do something to wake up the old Brian Danielson. So I sacrificed myself so that he would find the fire within himself to be the person I knew he could be. And so he's challenging Brian. Now I'm going away. I won't be here anymore. And it's up to you to avenge me against this villain that I created. And then that's the last you see of him. That'd have been great. And so now Brian has a reason to chase him which you can then just sort of forget talking about now that he's gone. But then Moxley has a reason. Now he's Kane to Brian's Abel. Yeah. And Moxley is now, I was the champion. I was the one carrying this company on my back and he chose you over me. I'm going to kill you for that. 
And now you have a Brian Danielson feud with Moxley. Instead, we just got <laughs> the secret video. But, but as great as that would have been, it would have stepped on the toes of Ricky Starks. That's true. Like, something like this needs to happen soon. I think it will. Yeah. I think Brian Danielson will be next after Ricky. But um, mm-hmm. I think the timing would have just been a little as great as that is. I think the timing would have been a That's little true. off. Yeah. You could have. I, you might have been able to let Brian. There's a way to do it. There's a yeah. way to do it. I also would love the idea of the camera turning around and you just see through the window in his like room in ICU. Brian Danison pacing around still with only the one boot. The one boot. Like yeah, he hasn't later. changed. Yeah, he hasn't changed. Hasn't showered. Nothing. Right. Um, Eighteen missed calls way- from Bree. Yeah. So there we get to the father of the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. A lot of things happen this week in the Blackpool Combat Club. Right. A lot. Such so as, we talked about Claudio yeah. beating Chris Jericho to reclaim the title. Yuta beats beaten Daniel Garcia in a great match. Awesome match. Yeah. Uh, and it there was were better a the lot second of great time. matches yeah. from Blackpool this week. And it was better the second time. Uh, yeah. And yet it was still only maybe the third or fourth best match of the weekend because John Moxley had a freaking banger with, with Noste Takeshita. Man, I got to say, I think it was on Rampage they announced mm-hmm. that match. The crowd popped huge Yeah, for that match, for Takeshita. Yes. Popped huge. Yeah. No, I guess on Dynamite. On Dynamite, the match yeah, for sorry, Rampage. yeah, yeah, yeah. When it they was announced a huge it. pop, man, they were psyched he was back. It was awesome because they they taped it that night, so that crowd popped because they knew they were about to see it they in about twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Takeshita has moved in, I yes. guess in Jacksonville or somewhere like that, right? And put out on Instagram that he doesn't have any way to cook anything. Yeah. And Instagram all started telling him how he has to get an air fryer. And then three days later or two days later, he posts a picture of his air fryer. And he's like, how do I work this? Not just everybody starts giving him his recipes. Not just the Internet, but Fight Games own Mel Gray from Power Bombshell. That's right. Specifically replied to him and said, get this air fryer. And he got it. uh, Somebody somebody seconded that. I think it was like Kazarian or somebody was like, yes. Yes, you should. And then he did. Fight so, game media takes care. Changing lives. Of, of, yes, changing lives. They take We take care of our favorite wrestlers That's right. here on fight game media. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. I love Mel Gray for that. Um, which, Mel, if you're listening to this, I need to know if you ever got that thing in the mail from that person. I need to know because I haven't heard anything from you or them. Um, oh. And if not, I need to make it happen for Christmas. So just so you know. All right. Um, but yeah, there was there were nothing but bangers, man. Yeah. And and by the way, Takeshita, he kicks out of the Death Rider at one. At one. Insane. And people spontaneous like there's people that stand I, up in matches. Yeah. And then there's people who just shoot out of their seats. And the fact that John Moxley signed off on this, this is mm-hmm. like somebody kicking out of the one winged angel at all. Yeah, um, to me, this was I realized in this match, I felt like, OK, I'm watching young Kazushko Okada. That's what I'm watching. This guy is mm-hmm. going to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a top guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of time 
and I'm seeing I'm and we're getting the chance to watch his his earliest stuff. Yep. Um. Or you know, really early stuff, not earliest. Yeah. He's 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 my God. He's more good. experienced than a lot of people realize. But he's yes, just he's had years in but, America. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting that exposure, and thank God for that. Yeah. Um. Not and of course quite differently than the exposure we tend to get from Buff Bagwell, right. that sort of thing on the internet. Um, uh, okay, so all right. I want you right now, Kevin. I'm putting yeah. you on the spot. Oh, rank first to last mm-hmm. this week's Blackpool Combat Club matches. Oh gosh, uh, so there yeah. were four. Mm-hmm. I think I believe. Uh, so I'm say Moxley number one, Takeshita, Moxley Takeshita. Then I'm Daniel I'll, Garcia, Wheeler Yuta. I do that number Claudio, two. Claudio, the, the their tag match, and then Claudio versus Jericho. I do the tag match fourth because I thought the Jericho match was uh, yeah. really good. Yeah. Okay. So what's three? Claudio Jericho. Okay. Yuta Garcia number two. Great. That match oh wow! Was so good. I watched the second it was time. So I was good. Like, it's even better the second time. And so Moxley Takeshita number one. Absolutely. That match was, that was it was so good. That match would have been the best match of the week in any other week, just about. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's been a it's so great fun. week for Blackpool. Yeah. And think about that. They're number five. Right. That this has been a really good week in AEW, I think. Yeah. Really good. All yeah, right. Num- number four. Number four of oh. MJF for very different reasons. Because he didn't wrestle okay. at all. He just came out, let himself get eaten up by a promo with Ricky Starks. Then he went over to the UFC, brought his belt to the UFC show like a mark. I have not seen any of this week's UFC yet. None of it. Oh, yeah. And I am you so disappointed. No, I haven't seen anything. It actually wasn't know. that big of a deal. But he he, yeah. he came. Uh, it was clearly arranged. Because he's been he feuding with, with Patty. Patty. Yeah, he was on and the Patty show. Patty had a match. Yeah. yeah. So he talked some trash to Patty, uh, or not into his face, but just did some appearances. Had the full outfit, the scarf, the belt. He was uh, announced, uh, or at least given the graphic of AEW World Champion on uh, on the show. So he got a little coverage That's out of that. That's a big deal. That's yeah. a big deal. That's great. Uh, well, and we've yeah. established that um, Dana White is close friends with, with Tony Khan. Yep, that's true. So that does make sense. That's a good setup. Uh, and, you um, know, and they want to make a start of Patty too. So a little, little extra media feud would be good. But and, and this, yeah. then right now, MJF, who's largely considered an asshole, yeah, spent his week trying to make a start of Patty Pimblet, yeah, and made a start of Ricky Starks. That's right. <laughs> he did. He did. He really did. out of his shoes. Yeah, he did. He. Yeah, he showed his ass oh my to him. God. And Ricky really, I don't know if he had help writing that promo. I don't know. That was we'll get promo. to Ricky. We'll get to Ricky. That was a great promo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, MJF was also got oh. a todayshow.com article written about him on I NBC. I didn't know about this yeah. either. I am. I Listen, everyone, everyone listening at home right now or in your car or wherever you are at work. I've been out of it. I've been, I'm having yeah. serious you're medical just, issues. Yeah. You're just I'm surviving. surviving. Right? I'm surviving day in, day out. So I'm lucky to have seen everything I've seen. I'm, I'm, I am as surprised at you as you are at all the things I've seen. <laughs> yeah. So he had sense. a pretty lengthy article, much. pretty lengthy article written about him on today.com. 
that include an interview with his fiance uh, about who he is when he's not on camera, which she swears he is exactly the same at home as he is. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> she is talk, clearly great. Yeah. They talked to his mom who talked about what a jerk he is. And so they're, they're, you know, they I are. I love that he's got everybody in on it. Like the parents yeah. continually talk about yeah. what an asshole he is. Right. <laughs> and his wife is clearly playing along yep. or fiance or whatever. Yeah. Uh, is it wife? Is he married? She's fiance. They're, they're not fiance. Married. Okay. Yeah. I love all this. I love yeah. all of it. So they are clearly working it and trying to make him the media star that they, that, that they need. That they need. That he, yeah. They need and he can be. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't push or maybe the, the opportunities weren't there at the time. Didn't push Brit in the media as mm. much as they're they're currently getting MJF out there. Mm -hmm. Or again, maybe the opportunities just weren't there. But because Brit can talk. Mm -hmm. She's right up there. And she's such an incredible story. I mean, her story hooked your wife. Yep. I'm not joking. I think that's yeah. a story that can hook a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, big week for MJF. Yeah, and he didn't even do that much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Uh, our guy, official adopted son of uh, the Fight Game Media Network. Mel Gray. Takeshita. Mel yes. Gray. Yes. The man with the slow – the man with the uh, – Air fryer. That's, That's right. They, He's cooking up those Cinnabons in the air fryer. Right. And it's giving him everything he needs to kick out of the Death Rider at one. Clearly, that was a turning point this week. I think, like, you cannot deny this guy is one of the next big stars. No. Interesting, you know, when he first came up, when he first uh, showed up, um, I called him the love child of Koto Ibushi and Kenny Omega. If the Golden Lovers made a baby, yeah. it'd be Kanosuke Takeshita. And now Don Callis is out scouting him every week, which is very interesting. This was the first week I saw it. I didn't see. Um, yeah, they only did it I one other seen, time. I think it was on Elevation. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen Dark or Elevation in a while, and I missed last week's Rampage. Um, I'm really into this because it's either setting up him mm -hmm. joining the Elite mm -hmm. or him feuding with the Elite. Yeah. Meaning him skinny omega yes multiple times good lord excited for either one i'm yeah. excited for either one yeah so friday night i was uh watching rampage late uh or a little late i was just a little behind mm -hmm. and um my daughter came in and we hadn't like hung out much that day so she was just sitting with right. me on the couch and watching whatever i'm watching and i'm watching they don't really mm -hmm. watch wrestling but sometimes they'll ask me questions Mm -hmm. And uh, so the Moxley to cash to match started and she's like, who are you rooting for? And I said, well, I like both these guys, you know, but, you know, Moxley's the guy in the beard. He's the he's kind of the big star, the, the you know, former champion. And this guy's the young guy from Japan. And, you know, so kind of root for the underdog. Mm -hmm. About 30 seconds in the match, she's like, I like the Japanese guy. Like, I, I just like him. Like, she, and there's this thing I was like, yeah, like, you just like him. That's yeah, he's just like very I just, there's just something about him I like. And uh I was bummed because she got into the match. Mm -hmm. And then they went to commercial. When they came back from commercial, Moxley's just covered in blood. And suddenly my daughter's like comfortability of sitting on the couch watching wrestling with dad mm -hmm. just went out the window and she's like, Oh, that's kind of gross. Like, oh, 
And I was like, yeah, you know, right, I'll skip it. So she never got to watch the rest of the match. She missed that whole thing. Oh, man. And I was like, that's one of the reasons I don't love blood on TV. And I see. And, and I was talking about in a conversation with Paul Fontaine on, from the Dynamite show about the blood in the Moxley match and the blood in the dog collar match. And he didn't like the the amount of blood in the dog collar match. And I'm pretty squeamish about blood and wrestling nowadays. Mm -hmm. But that didn't dog bother collar me at match all. didn't bother me. And it's it was the, and the it was right TV. like literally right in front of me. Yeah. Um, but the Moxley match did because that was such a great story. Mm -hmm. And if if you're turned off by blood, you're immediately out of the story. And there was a chance to hook someone on a new star. They're, they're like, that's my guy. They lost him. And they lost him. Now, I doubt my daughter was going to buy Honor Club or, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. But still, that just reminded me one of In the reasons match. why you need to have different standards for different mm -hmm. shows and things like that. Now, Rampage, I don't mind because it's, it's late. Mm -hmm. But also, that's a match that didn't need it. It didn't need it. It didn't need it. Now, to me, it's a twofold thing. Number one. AW probably overdoes blood a little bit. And yeah. number two, and, and, and so that, does John Moxley. <laughs> most of the men that I grew up with, with would tell you, maybe you should have had your daughters out in the woods skin and deer at four years old. Oh, well, that's an Just excellent saying. point. That's an excellent <laughs> point. <laughs> that's right, America. If you don't take your daughters out into the woods with machetes at four, you're clearly failing them <laughs> for future wrestling glory. Um, yeah. how, how do I you blame, expect him to I blame my father and the father before me or before him because they were. <laughs> Have they, I told you the this? most I got most the most I did was uh, clean a catfish. So Kevin, my my dad, my grandpa, um, was a woodsman. Mm -hmm. He 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 was a logger. He was a hunter, and my dad's first job at like ten was my papa would 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 like trap animals skin them for the meat mm -hmm. and my dad would take the meat well he'd skin them for the fur to sell the fur okay and my dad at like nine or ten years old maybe eight would get a wagon yeah stack it with wild animal meat get on a bus go 30 miles in the 40s yes that's all my dad was the 40s to the big city and go door to door selling Raw meat. Raccoon and poss possum meat. These wow. were like manly men. Yes. And somehow I completely ended all hunting in my family <laughs> forever. Yeah. When my dad and my brother, when I was like, I don't know, six years old, uh -huh. they brought home a bag of squirrels. They'd been out squirrel hunting. Uh -huh. My dad's teaching my brother how to hunt. Yeah. They bring in this bag of squirrels. And I immediately grab the bag of squirrels and start rifling through it to discover one of these squirrels is still alive. Oh, no. I start yelling, he's still alive. And I start doing CPR on the squirrel. Oh, wow. I'm doing chest compressions. Yeah. And before you know it, my sister, who is like in between me and my brother in age, she is on the phone to the emergency vet at 9 p.m. <laughs> And the emergency vet is like telling us, meet him at his office. Mm -hmm. And thus my dad back home from a long day of hunting, ready yeah. to go to bed. Right. Is having to bring a squirrel that he shot <laughs> to the emergency vet at 9 p.m. While I'm blowing into this squirrel's mouth, which has blood on it. I Never thought you again. were going to tell me that he just walked up and shot the squirrel again. 
<laughs> no, that's not my dad. My dad, but that, that was it. Never, never took anybody hunting ever again. Never went hunting ever again. Wow. I ended all of it. All of it at like six years old. That's amazing. And that's how I, I that's how I, later in yeah. life now, am, am not a hunter. I'm not out killing animals to feed my family. I'm doing an AEW podcast. That's right. That's like right. Media Network. Yeah. My, right. uh, my parents were uh, farmers more, or my grandparents and all that. Where they were more they were Mississippi farmers. And so they had my chickens dad, and stuff. And when my, so my, my, my wife. Dad, yeah. My dad did hunt, but he he told me later in life he never liked it. He oh. never liked killing things, but like yeah. he had two to eat, yeah, you know, as sure. a kid. Yeah. So yeah. So we had oh, we had so chickens. You- we had chickens for a while. Uh mm-hmm. for several years in our backyard. And they're very easy to take care of, you know. No big You care. and Holly? Yeah. We had chickens. Well, awesome. the way I put it was uh she had chickens, I had eggs. There you and, go. That works. Uh, and she loved the chickens. It doesn't take many chickens to get a lot of eggs, does no, it? No, we had like five or six, and they'd lay at least one a day. And My uh, mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, so every once in a while, a chicken would get injured, an animal would get in there. And Holly loved these chickens. So if the chicken was injured, I would have to kill it. And I'm like, my parents and grandparents, you know, that they just took care of it. They did all this all the time. I had never done yeah. that as a kid. So I'm yeah. sitting there YouTubing how to kill a chicken to figure out how to kill the you poor chicken get, that, yeah. Your family didn't get you enough murders under your belt. No, as I had child. zero murders. I had zero murders. Yeah. And then I had to murder this chicken. And I'm like, shh, shh. I'm like that got seen in a glorious bastards with a knife. Like, I'm like, shh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just holding this little <laughs> chicken, heading it like with the thing on. And I pull the legs and the head pops off. And oh, it's just horrible. Traumatized me for like days whatever I am like I feel like I've like failed my lineage probably gonna get kicked off of all podcasting for saying (laughs) I was gonna say we're getting pretty deep for uh hour 10 of the podcast if somebody broke into my house trying to kill me I could shoot them I know I could do that Kevin yes yes but I have trouble putting a worm on a hook I'm such a (laughs) sucker for animals I literally do yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all because I love animals so much, and that worm never did shit to me. That worm's not trying to take my life, trying to take my dogs from me. That's right. He just he just, he just came up because I poured water on the ground at night. That's the whole. That's all he did. Yep. But uh, in a world of John yeah, Moxley's, where Takeshita's. You know, I I didn't know my mom's dad, but um, yes, we are. Um, but my mom. It turns out never wanted pets. And, and I came from a big pet family. Mm-hmm. We always had a large number of pets. I didn't realize until mm-hmm. later in life, she never petted them. Um, oh. Because as a child, she was once given a pig as a birthday gift and later a chicken as a birthday gift, only to find out they were dead while she was eating them. Oh, my gosh. That tends to put a woman off that's, of pets. Yeah, that's not a out. pet. That's not a pet. No, but like way later in life, though, when like I was taking care of her, um, she would always have my dogs on either side of her in her chair and would rub them and like finally brought her back around to pets much later in life. But my God, imagine doing that to your kid. Yeah. Like that's, that's I mean, I think ridiculous. it was because they were really poor. Right. But like, so it's all we can say that we can say this right. is her gift. Yeah. But my God, the trauma. Jesus. And that brings us to number two on the heat index. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Ricky Man, Starks. Man, who knows how many murders he has under his belt? Well, he murdered Ricky Stark. He murdered that microphone. Yes, he did, and he murdered uh, MJF's uh, midsection with that he, spear. He took the lamest match and turned it into the best segment. Yeah, yeah, because that really dynamite did. battle royal was pretty bad. It was pretty lame. It was not good. Yeah. It was not good. And they could all be stacked. And also, like, they don't announce anybody. They didn't announce Dalton Castle. Like, this could be a big deal every year. It could be a right. big deal. Right. If they put top guys in. Yeah. It could be like a mini. Them. It could be like a mini Royal Rumble on TV every December. Yes. Where they just yes. have people like and have great entrances and great moments and make the whole thing last like half an hour. And that, that could be a really fun match, but yeah. Yeah. Also there were as many people outside the ring as were in the ring, right? This wasn't a lumberjack match. They were not previously eliminated. They nope. were just there. They're just there. To eliminate men from the match. Yes. Men That's on right. the outside were eliminate, not in the match. We're eliminating yeah. people in the match, right? In what seemed like an unfair situation, a little bit, yes, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But like Ricky all rules, Starks won. Yeah. He did. God bless him. And and the music immediately hit. Yeah, MJF's music immediately immediately hit, stealing the spotlight. Yep. He comes out. He did a pretty good. I mean, it was pretty standard Solid MJF. Promo, not his yeah. best, but yeah, yeah. And it was good. And it was great that it was standard MJF. Yes, it was. That yes. was part of Ricky Stark's beginning. Oh, that's true. You made fun of the crowd. You made yeah. fun of the city. Yeah, we're almost out of like all this low hanging yep. fruit. Uh, yep. Maxwell or whatever he said. Yep. Cheap shoes, great. cheap suit, cheap heat. I love it. it was yeah, so good. It was really, really, really good. And uh, and I loved how behind him people got. Yeah. Um, he and was, also how he, big he looked. He, he looks like he we always talk about how he's like the smallest guy, but he was like bigger than Max. You know, that probably comes really from teaming with Brian Cage and Will Hobbs. <laughs> right. <laughs> who even if they're not tall, they are massive human yeah. beings. Yeah. And I don't I was about to go a, a direction I don't need to go. But <laughs> He clearly he's from New Orleans. He apparently lives in Austin now. Mm -hmm. Maybe has been there for a while. They treated him like the hometown kid. Oh, yeah, he really did. Mm -hmm. And he talked about being homeless, living in his car in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas, calling out specific guessing, locations. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm assuming he may have wrestled for Wrestle Circus, which is where um, Sammy Guevara came from, because I was always oh, okay. seeing wrestle circus ads mm -hmm. from austin and i kept coming real close to driving out there but that is not a fun drive from louisiana because it's like it's not interstate it's just all yeah. back yeah. roads and nothing like not cool back roads either yeah um like all the way to waco and then it's like you drive north for half an hour but uh he did wrestle was, and wrestle it was circus. a star turn awesome yep. thank I you for looking it up. it up i appreciate it um it was a star making promo. Yes. Yes. He out promoted MJF. Yep. And then he outmaneuvered MJF after the low blow. Yep. Which I really enjoyed the low blow. Even the though it's so was overdone great. in AEW, it was it is, great. But low the blow. MJF low blow is so great how he does it with his leg, like his knee locked. Like yep. it's just like a. Yeah. There's no knee to it. It's just, <laughs> it's just a. <laughs> 
a, you know, an inflexible, real, yeah. Not to get off the subject, but Takeshita did a, a Hurricane Rana that was very different. It was like as soon as they came up over, they went straight down. It was a really different Rana. Than yeah, it was like he it. planted his head instead of flipping him. Yeah. Yes. That was cool. It, it was very different than the traditional Frankensteiner I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. That but was yeah, really cool. And and that tells you something that tells you something about MGF. He can take a low blow and make yep. it special. Yep. And that takes dedication to your craft. It really does. I'm not joking yep. about that. And it looks true. How, how it's hellacious. a signature it's a signature thing. And and the way yeah. he it's almost uh, not this is gonna be a little bit of hyperbole, but you know how part of what made uh Shawn Michaels's super kick so great was how he could hit it at it from a standing position yeah. in an interview, in an angle, he would just surprise you with it. And that's kind of what they kind of always he he always seems to do it at a moment where you don't exactly expect it. Or even if you do expect it, he does it at just the, his whole demeanor. He you don't know he's about to do it. He just does it. Yeah. You know, he was so good at it. My conspiracy corner brain just clicked in and thinks, what if he kicked in the door on uh, <laughs> on CM Punk and MJF, but did it so slickly? Yeah, no one. He did no, it. He did it from the inside he, the room. He did it in a way that they didn't see who was on the other side of the door. And the next thing you know, the young bucks appear. They know it was a super kicked door because that's the only thing that can bring down a door. Right. And boom. He, he almost took apart. Yeah, he just almost took apart AEW from the inside. Yeah, they never even saw it's him coming. Plot. Well, that's right. All plot. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Anything else about MJF uh, before just, we move on? Just that I'm making my second trip down to Dallas on Wednesday. I'm going to see this match live, and I'm super stoked. Oh, that's exciting! That's exciting. I'm going to try and watch this live. Are you driving back from Dallas that night? We will be Are driving back that night. night. No, we're gonna, yeah, I'm going to come back to work the next day. Okay. Should give me a call from the road. All right. If something cool happens. All right. Number one on this week's heat index. Everybody knows what this is. Yeah. Everybody knew what it was going to be as, as soon as it was yeah. announced. Right. Give it to us, Kevin. The Briscoes and FTR, the best Damn tag straight. team feud of the last, I don't even know how long. And yeah. I'm going to ask a controversial question here. Okay. Was this dog collar match better than Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes? Oh, man. I know that's tough. And I hate leading off with that because you can say no, and this can still be match of the year. Yeah. I would have to go back and watch that other one again. It's been a while. It's because I, I remember thinking it was a fun match, but it wasn't. The greatest. Yeah, I don't remember thinking. Like, wow, I that think was... that match. I think that match grew when we realized it was Brody Lee's last match. Yeah, I he think so too. Everybody's yeah, I, I, I remember it being a good, good match. reason. And yeah, a good the match. dog, the dog collar match with Punk and MJF would be the other one that they had in AEW, mm -hmm. and that was a yep. really great match too. But it was, it was way really more of like a storyline type match versus this, where it was just like you felt you were watching just the blood feud you know like it was just savagery <laughs> yeah by the way there's one there's one moment in this match i want to talk about yeah that, that just stuck in my brain and mm -hmm. I, there are parts of this match i definitely missed because i was i was working and cooking at the same time mm. and that is 
Cash Wheeler is on the floor, or no, he's on the apron. Yes. And Mark Briscoe is yep. on the top rope. Right. And he yanks Mark Briscoe off onto chairs on the concrete. Yeah. And that was just a hellacious move. Yeah, My onto God, a stack of chairs. So onto a stack, stack of chairs. chairs. Yeah. That was unreal. That yeah. that ah, uh, there's been like I'm trying to think of of all the live shows I've been to. I've seen great matches. Mm-hmm. And I've seen really great shows and I've been to see, you know, Steve Austin in his prime, seen the rock mm-hmm. in their prime, you know, like I've seen like when people are crazy over. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been to a show where immediately before the match the people came out there was as much electricity in the air of like this is what we came for like yeah no, when yeah, they realized the event. yeah this when is they, why people showed up when they realized like when they put up the graphic that that were actually it was before that it was when the crew brought the chains into the ring while like a like a pre-tape was happening you saw the chains come out and when the people saw the chains come out you just felt the buzz go along the room that matches next and everyone's just like whoa and when the briscoes came out yeah it was like and uh jimmy was like that's the first time i've been scared like when someone made an entrance because they just came out and you were like you know what yeah that's something that probably has not been said since the road warriors yeah about a tag team yeah and that's legit like these guys you believe they're insane yeah they're batshit crazy yeah they might actually believe they're going to turn right. into a werewolf in this and match. yeah <laughs> turn into a damn werewolf they that's right they and You've been watching wednesday right and all the security that was around all the arena like mm-hmm. before the match, as they were preparing for it and everything started to gather in one side and it was right in front of us. So like that's awesome. All the entrances, all the steps, all the areas that were like to backstage to the other area to where they could come down, like in front of us by the steps, mm-hmm. they blocked off. Basically they made like a circle around the area and we thought, Oh gosh, they're coming right here, aren't they? And within thirty seconds of the match they start they were there. out of the they ring. Were there. And Dax comes up the aisle next to me and I have a phone video where I like shooting it. And then I like just put the phone down <laughs> because I forgot <laughs> that I was filming it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it was that thing. It was like, you just felt like this could, you know, and I, we were in Vegas for Anarchy in the arena and remember like yeah. how insane that felt. It was wild. It was like that, but it was like all that condensed into a space about, you know, a fourth of the size. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was like all that energy was like just closer to you. And uh it was it was wild. It was arena, the wildest match I've like seen. Three three thousand in that arena? Yeah, and they well they had they had, had it uh about halfway blocked off, so the stage was about halfway over. So that I think there was about twenty five hundred people there. There were a lot of empty seats, okay. but compared um, to twenty thousand right eighteen to twenty thousand in Vegas. Yeah. Like yeah. this was almost a tenth the size. Right. Yeah. With um maybe double the size of personalities in this match. Right. Yeah. A frightening yeah. a frightening human beings. Right. Um, and it was yeah, it what, was wild. You know why I really truly like there's a number of reasons I truly love FTR. Mm-hmm. And one of them is because they wanted these matches. The yeah. Briscoes are there. The Briscoes mm-hmm. are there. 
if the Young Bucks wanted those matches, they would have gotten them. Yep. They didn't want those matches. The mm-hmm. FTR wanted those matches because they yeah. know yeah. how good the Briscoes are and they know the kind of matches they can have. Right. And they keep having them yeah. because they love having great matches. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in this match, one of the time, it was a small touch and I loved it, was they the, the FTR came out with the dates on their trunks and the two times they've beaten the Briscoes. And well, I, it was later on. I was, it was, it was, it was that day. Uh huh. And it was the first, it was the final battle a year before because okay. that was when okay. they first showed up in Ring of Honor and challenged I the Briscoes. So it was basically okay. the day we started first this and feud last. and the day we're ending it. Now, some people but took I, that as a spoiler mm-hmm. of them saying, like, oh, this is when we're leaving Ring of Honor. It's not, that's not what it's intended no. to be. I don't think that's how people no. read it. Most people didn't read it that way. That's not how they talked about it in no. commentary. They were like, it was saying, this is the end of the feud. It, what it, I to loved, the day, it was 365 days. That's awesome. What I loved is the white trunks with the red lettering, mm-hmm. may have been black, but I think it was red, that were covered in blood by the end of that match. Yeah. And I yeah. remember thinking, if I was watching this when I was 12 or 14, yeah. I would never forget that. Image. Never forget it. And I'm, yeah. pro- and I'm never going to forget it now. Yeah. It was one of those few, the few things that happens in wrestling that reminds me of the glory days. It reminds me of those early days when I yeah. was falling in love with wrestling for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was beautiful. Is that absolutely Ellie and beautiful. Magnum. Yeah. Cactus Jack. Something and, like you'd see yeah. back then. It was those old. And Triple H. It was, yeah. It was a pro wrestling illustrated with Ric Flair and like Dory Funk Jr. Yes. Both in crimson masks on the cover. Right. That's what that was. Right. And um, like the Briscoes to FDR, this will never be over. Or, you know, some kind of headline like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. About to turn into a damn werewolf. (laughs) About to turn into a damn werewolf. And I hope I hope it's not the last one. I think it will be the last for a while. Definitely for a while. But I hope we get some people like the Young Bucks go over and and decide we want to have that match, too. We want to do that as well. And I really hope we get to see more like that. And it's not just FTR versus the kingdom. And I'm sure that'll right. be a great match when it right. happens and it will yeah. happen. Yeah. But I want to see FTR. I'm sorry. The Briscoes have been going for well over a decade, maybe mm-hmm. 20 years. They deserve to have those ty- same type of matches that FTR is getting to pick out right now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, And I hope they get them. I hope they're able to get them. Simple as that. And it's a real shame they can't be in the most stacked tag team division of all yeah. time. But imagine, imagine that end of uh, the because we didn't even mention the acclaim match with FTR, where they, that was a good know, match. That was a great match, and I was yeah. disappointed they lost. But I see how it fits into the bigger picture. Imagine okay. if they had had that match, mm-hmm. and the the ass boys came up on the video and were like, "We've got a Christmas present for you. Here's a card," and they show the collar. And the Briscoes hit the ring and lay. Imagine out the FDR. Briscoes hitting the ring from. Imagine they're like in Austin, Texas. They're like, oh yeah. Imagine they're like, okay, what's the stipulation though? And yeah. They're digging around, and at that second, the Briscoes hit them from behind. Yeah. With dog collars. With just the after they've lost. Right. Yeah. And just oh beat the God. crap out of them, and that's how Dynamite went off the air. That would be unforgettable. They would have sold TV. so many pay per views. Mm-hmm. So many. Oh my yep. God! By the way, by the way. Weak acclaimed rap, but Anthony Bowens took that mic at the end <laughs> and freaking set the arena on fire. Yeah. 
absolutely set it on fire. Yeah. And he, it was so great. It was awesome. Yeah. I don't know why, but Anthony Bowens was awesome in that. He moment. was, he was, I, and, and shout out to like the Anthony Bowens and the Mark Briscoe and the cash Wheeler of those teams. Yeah. Because Who don't all three, get the, they don't yeah. get the attention they deserve. Right. And all three of them were awesome in those two matches that we did. Yes. Cash Wheeler was the MVP of, well, cash and Mark. After that a year spot, of Dax being the highlight. Right. Yeah. That spot was great. Yeah. So great. Uh, okay. Yeah. We are almost out of time, but let's, let's keep going and, and talk about, let's see what else we need to talk about here from it's this not, week. First of all, yeah. we can do, should have been on dynamite real quick. The R weight show should have been on dynamite. Yeah. And especially also that Briscoe's, Briscoe's promo where he talks about turning into a damn werewolf should have been on dynamite. A hundred and fifty percent. Um, let's see. Samojo Darby Allen was really good. Yeah, it was too. Yeah. And the uh the the move on the skateboard at the end was oh pretty great. Gosh. Yeah. And also Samoa Joe throwing Darby Allen into the turnbuckle for, on the outside and Darby bouncing off like 18 feet, <laughs> more like seven feet. Yeah. That was great. Also on the replay, it wasn't yeah. as impressive. Right. But live it was really impressive. Also, I loved that last week, uh, Jeff and I both talked about our favorite spot that we want to see was Darby Allen doing his torpedo dive to the outside. Samoa Joe doing the thing where he just like nonchalantly slow strolls aside and they did it right out of the gate. Just right they're off listening. the bat. Yeah, they're listening. They listen to the boom, specifically when I'm not here. That's when everybody <laughs> tunes in. Yeah. 100% they're like, oh, that 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 red asshole's out of here. All right. We'll, we'll listen this week. Um, Let's see. What else on this one? Um, I've got a couple. I've got some notes. Let me pull this up real quick. You talked about Jamie. Missed anything. Seeming like a star. The Mox promo for, for Blackpool Combat Club was great. Um, when he had the when he had uh, Yuda and Claudio standing there, I really liked that. Other than um, he just nonchalantly blew off Regal, but at the same time, I don't blame him, so I'm not going to hold it against yeah. him. He's moving on. Um Jamie Hader was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. It felt like she was a brand new star that we hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. and she walked in with like the real world title. You know, mm-hmm. um, it looked awesome. It sounded awesome. I hope she has a long run like that. I want that, and I want her to beat Britt clean. Yeah, in the I middle of the that. ring. Mm-hmm. I hope we get that. Um, let's see. Luchasaurus. It, I don't remember if it was an uppercut or, or what, but he knocked Jungle Boy's shoes off. You mean that, um, I, Morrissey? No, Luchasaurus. What? When Did Luchasaurus and Christian, Luchasaurus and Christian had a thing in the ring with Jungle Boy, where Jungle Boy was was basically they were going to have a cage match. Wait, I briefly watched a. Uh, uh, I briefly watched the dynamite from a month ago. It might've been during that. That was that. I saw that. Yeah, that was that. I think that was that. Your time, like, your wait, time this, traveling. This seems familiar. I was like, this that's, seems that's right. Okay. I should have, I should have. You just quantum that. leaped a little bit. That's okay. But this is deep into the thing is, this is like deep into the show. Like it's in my notes here. Hmm. Have they, yeah. They've had their cage match. Haven't they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, um, let's see. There was a moment in the Moxley match where I thought his elbows on the cash were garbage. 
Um, yeah. That's all my yeah. notes that I didn't get to. You, so you remember that as well. <laughs> um, and that seems to be a Blackpool Combat Club thing for some reason. Where they it do is. garbage elbows. Yeah. And everything else they do really well. But the yeah. garbage light Luda elbows. did a good job because he won the match with those elbows on Saturday. Were they, they, were they garbage good. elbow? They were pretty they good? They were not. They okay. were good. He was, like he was elbowing them right in the throat. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right. It was good. Rampage. The Book of Hobbs. What what happened on that? I remember that, but I didn't. Was, he's just doing those background. Book of Hobbs and I ignored. Those background videos was it good? of him. But I, it, they're good. They're less little like backstories, like of, of his upbringing and where he's from yeah. and stuff. It's gonna turn him turn him total babyface. I thought, yeah, I thought the bunny had a good match with Sheeta, and there was that move where she was hanging outside. And I don't mean this in a pervy way. That it was a really really cool shot of from below of her upside down. Oh yeah, um, I think that yeah. Yeah. It was really I think that memorable. was very intentional, yeah. 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 Um and that could mean it in a pervy way. There are pervy aspects to it, but right. I liked it for what it was, which it was a cool move. Mm-hmm. It was. And they had a really good shot of it. Yeah. Um both she and Penelope have gotten better. I'm not saying they're really good, but they have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. The only match I fast forwarded through was Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Yeah, um, I kind of skipped it too. Yeah, Ortiz and uh, Ortiz and Kingston versus yep. House of Black is going to be exciting, but it's three on two. They're going to get beat down repeatedly. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of people getting beat down repeatedly. Yep. And then um, Orange Cassie versus Trent Seven. I've seen Trent only a few times before. Anything you want to say about the match? Also, I liked I liked somehow that Butcher and the Blade come out. Looking like killers, looking like monsters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 you're thinking it's both them, Penelope and the Bunny. They're going to murder Trent and Chuck, yeah, and Danhausen. And I thought maybe this is the ex- an excuse for the turn of Chris Statlander, mm-hmm. but instead Trent and Chuck just fought them off and into the backstage <laughs> area immediately. And Trent is like no. beating the hell, if I remember correctly, out of like the butcher, and I'm like. I yeah. love these guys. Yeah. This doesn't seem right. Yeah. This doesn't seem like the best friends right. I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trent seven would be good in ROH. I think, I think I, he I'm will be a in note ROH. from you. Yeah. I think that's they, a good spot for him. They showed him. Cause like I said, he sat there most of the show and during the, uh, Garcia Yuta match, they did a close up him watching the match. So I think he'll probably be like mm. a pure, pure wrestling champion. That seems about right for him. He had amazing you. hair, by the way, his hair was amazing. He really person. did. I remember when I've seen him before, I don't think his hair was that color. I don't believe. I think it's always been kind of gray. I don't know if he dies at that. Yeah. He's just prematurely gray, but it's I don't know. fabulous, luscious hair. It's 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 near Roman Reigns level. It's I wasn't going to say luscious, but I'll, I'm with you. I'll, I, I'll back you I, yeah, up. Yeah, it, it just was. It was nice undeniably hair. luscious. Okay. Um, are you telling me Mikey Ito's returning to Elevation this week? I believe so. Yes. I'm watching Elevation this week. Oh, wait, then. that might be an old note, but I think she's around. Yeah. If she's not well, on this week, she was on last week. We've got winners coming this week. Break down what you're going to go see live and in person. All right. MGF Ricky Starks for the world title and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. That's going to be super great. Uh, yeah. And and I hope they give him a lot of time. Uh, Elite versus Death Triangle match four. The first time I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle in person. Ooh. They did, did they not have a match this week? Nope. They did not. They took the week off. 
Yeah. It's for the best. That's yeah. For the best. So rested. Hopefully that will be a, that will be mean. They'll do crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. So that'll be a spectacle. Uh, Ruby Soho and Ty Mello. I'm sure will be a classic. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> It'll be It'll fine. Be nice to have Ruby back. Yeah. yeah. It will be nice to see Ruby back. Uh, House of Black will do something. They'll beat up somebody. It just says they're in Why action. Uh, maybe it'll be there. Who knows? And then I'm predicting that we'll see 2.0 on top flight just by the way they they uh, left off at the ROH. That could, that could be a really good match. I think it should. And then a Rampage. Uh, so it, will winter, at winter is coming, will they also be taping Rampage? They will be taping Rampage. But the only thing we know is that there's some sort of video with uh, Preston Vance. And that was just because Preston Vance like tweeted it out. So Right. Are you going to be staying for Rampage? You staying for all? Yes. No, we'll stay for okay. all. Yeah. Awesome. So who's we this week? Who are you going with? Me and my buddy Jimmy. There you go. We got to have Jimmy on this next yeah. week then to talk about uh talk about winter is coming. Let's see. All right. This was a. F- I, I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. Yeah. We're almost an hour and forty minutes in, and God knows nobody wants an hour and forty minutes of of of, uh, of us. So, for me, from Kevin Neely, from everybody, Fight Game Media, have a great week, everybody. Hope to see you again. Back. Hope to see you back here again next Wednesday.